1: The
0: Bulgarian government, led by President Rumen Radev, but supported by several of the more rabid parties in Parliament, continue their war on Macedonia by insisting that a veto on Macedonia's start of EU accession talks will continue next month unless the Macedonian government and Macedonians agree to their childish demands that Macedonians essentially commit identity suicide. Back in Macedonia, the ever-unhelpful party, a former terrorist-turned-politician-gangster, Ali ahmeti Dewey, formerly the National Liberation Army, unveiled a very tall monument in Slupcene to former fighters in that so-called National Liberation Army with a very large double-headed eagle on the top for all to see from miles, or in Macedonia's case, kilometers around. All the while claiming that this new monument will help bring Macedonians and Albanians together. Oh, it was uh, built illegally, but again... Ahmeti is a modern-day gangster. And the largest political party in Macedonia, Pamene has announced that they will begin boycotting Parliament unless early elections are held. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oral Valley, Arizona.
1: And this is Svetan Shalimanov in Skopje, Macedonia. How are you doing, Svetin? Good, good. Haven't done a podcast in a while, so it's time to... Reintroduce yeah, ourselves one... to the audience.
0: <laughs> last one was like middle of April. Today is May eighth, Sunday. We're recording this. Um, ha- Happy Mother's Day to uh, to those listening from the United States. I'm not sure how many other countries around the world celebrate Mother's Day in the fashion that we do. I know I was talking to one of my Estonian friends the other day, and they actually have taken a hold of this American holiday, and they celebrate it as well today. I know really? that March
1: eighth is yeah. March 8th yeah, is internet March, is Women's yeah. Day. Right. Yeah, we we stick to that one. Mm. Like well, happy happy story. Mother's Day
0: to to all the mothers out there anyway. So.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um So yeah, we we've got we've, we've been gone for about 3 weeks. We've got a lot to talk about. I I wanted to start today uh with our uh, uh we're contractually obligated to talk about Bulgaria in every podcast. Um, Might
1: as well get it out of the way.
0: <laughs> exactly. So you know, back in March, the uh, the government of of Macedonia and the government of Bulgaria uh, hailed this uh, this uh, uh, the warming and, and of relations between Macedonia and Bulgaria by introducing a a new flight between Sofia and Skopje from the uh, Bulgarian airline uh, Gulliver Air, and they said this is proof positive that our nations are coming together, that we are one or whatever it is they said, etc. Blah 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 uh of course it was basically put into place by the governments uh it wasn't market driven there was no demand and uh one of the websites that i uh follow on uh, that that kind of follows uh uh air travel in the former yugoslavia announced that um it's x u aviation is the website they announced that the uh the flight between <laughs> sofia and skopje is no more as of Ooh. may 21 so um uh, they uh, the flights were carrying about seven or eight passengers, and according to this website, sometimes there were only two or three people uh, on board, less than the number of crew members on the on the flight. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there was no demand. It, it people didn't want it. Um, they either drive or they don't go or whatever. So, but this is just an example. I think it's a good example of foolish politicians that try and force things that the people don't want.
1: Yeah, I had a look at the flight and it was not very convenient. I think the problem was you either stay there for the whole work week or just the weekend when you can't get any job. It it was either too much or too short a time and you couldn't get anything done. I'm not really sure. I think that was the flight I was looking at. But uh, yeah, I I had a look. I thought about it. I use it. I go there sometimes, but it was not very convenient. And then a Bulgarian TV station did a report on this and as you said it was they had like seven or eight people on the flight (laughs) it took more and it was significantly more expensive than driving even though the the road is horrible so that's one you know advantage but uh, it was slower if you consider all the i don't know the uh, logistics of getting to the airport and was way more expensive if you have uh, several people traveling if you're if it's just you then okay then it might be comparably priced to driving mm. but if you if, if it's two of you then it made no no sense
0: exactly so again you know an example of governments forcing things on, on the public that they don't want uh, and of course uh, the government hailed this as a, as a major event for Macedonian Bulgaria didn't happen uh, moving on. So last week, today I mentioned is May eight. Last week, May four, we celebrated the uh, not celebrated, remembered observance the um, the, the death of uh, Gotsi Delchev, Macedonian hero. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Aside, May the fourth, of course, is known as Star Wars Day uh, around yeah. the world. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. Uh, and and of course, that original Star Wars released in nineteen seventy seven. Have to get in our pop culture references. It's been a while. That original Star Wars uh, was uh, retitled when they did the prequels, A New Hope, and I was thinking I got to write an article on this, Svetin, because you know Ooh. that's the day that we honor Godse Delchev, and it's a new hope, and I, I again I can't stress this enough: there is hope for Macedonia. Oh, we just got to focus on it. Anyway, I'll, I'll work on that theme and come up with something. But on the uh, the anniversary, uh, President Rumen uh, Radev of Bulgaria. Uh, Again, basically stated that he's going to keep, you know, vetoing Macedonia's uh, start to EU accession talks. And he's got a number of – there's a number – he's the president, but there's a number of parties in the current government, led by Kirill Petkov, who seems a little more moderate in his stance. But these parties are going to bring Kirill down if he agrees to open talks. If he doesn't agree with Roman Radov and the others, the veto has to continue. Um, And I see the EU politicians are running around, the U.S. ambassadors running around saying – you gotta, you gotta uh, let the Macedonians start these, uh, start these talks. Uh, if you were a betting man, I'm a betting man, if you were a betting man, what would you uh, say is gonna happen in June?
1: Oh, I'd say 50-50 because uh, it's possible that uh, uh, many in Bulgaria are accepting now that uh, uh, we postpone the conditioning so that we only assume an obligation, you know, Kovacevsky assumes an, an obligation to amend the constitution. And make other concessions, then have the but, but, but not actually deliver them in time for June, which is you know too short. Yeah. And he does not have the votes to amend the constitution, uh, and then uh, you know put this before the EU, and then the EU somehow serves as a guarantor of uh, that any subsequent government will uh, implement, will, you know will accept the same concessions, and then that uh, Bulgaria would lift the uh, the veto. So. Um, this is accepted by a number of people in Bulgaria. And, you know, Kovachevsky is publicly and openly saying he wants to open the accession talks. But he has these two coalition partners, the Bulgarian Socialist Party and the ITN uh, party of that uh, showman, Rumen Radev. And uh, Radev has the foreign ministry. So they're openly feuding the foreign minister, Genshovska and uh, Pitkov. Uh, over the issue so now Pitkov is due to travel to Washington Mm. and he's not taking Genshovska. he's taking the deputy foreign minister which is notable he's taking the people in charge of energy so they're going to discuss you know gas and uh, how badly we're gonna all freeze this winter (laughs) and they're gonna discuss Macedonia without the hardliners but you know can they do anything without the hardliners who can bring down the government that's a big question. And then uh, they created this huge target for our people, anybody on our side who wants to break up the accession talks, uh, the, the, the negotiations, when they inaugurated this club in Butola. It still hasn't been touched, but uh, at any moment from now until uh, uh, June, if somebody so much as breaks a window, uh, you know, And and it is in an unfriendly territory. Bitola has never been a city known for, you know, any friendship toward Bulgaria. Uh, And uh, uh, it had, you know, a lot of Holocaust. You know, it was one of the centers of the Holocaust. Mm. So um, it's very easy now for, you know, the Petkov practically give a huge gift to anybody who wants to uh, cause trouble to break the negotiations. It's it's just like when... uh, when the left wanted to create problems for Gurevskii. So they uh, they opened uh, a gay club in the Skopje Old Bazaar, which is heavily Albanian, heavily Muslim. And they would do parties uh, in an area which, you know, I wouldn't be very comfortable moving around at night. Hmm. And, and they were having a gay party there. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know. And obviously they got, uh, uh, you know, people were throwing rocks at them a couple of times, shouting at them all the time. Uh, Albanians, mm-hmm. and then they would just turn around af- after every incident in a coordinated fashion with the embassies, with everybody, and they would accuse Gruevsky of uh, a climate of hostility toward the gays. They would point out to conservative Macedonian commentators as allegedly steering this in, in part of the city where nobody listens to conservative Macedonian commentators. Uh, so, this is now the same thing practically. The Bulgarians lead the debate and if somebody takes it, uh, they will have a solid excuse to to not allow us to open accession talks.
0: Right, and of course you refer to the, uh, the bancho Mihailov club in the Vatola, yeah. Vatula. Yeah, so yeah, so, uh, yeah I, I think that, that the veto will remain. Uh, of course the issue is, as we've talked about and written about many, many times before, is that the, the Bulgarians will continue to add um, conditions. You know, there's 30, 30 32 chapters to the um, Acquis. if that's how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. the, uh, the whole framework that each country that wants to join the EU has to uh, align its own laws with, and there's the opening of the chapter, the negotiation of the chapter, the closing of the chapter, and Bulgaria can veto at any one of those. Well, that's there's 30 chapters, that's 90 times. Uh, not to mention something we haven't talked about in a while, the Greeks. They could do the same thing, and I know that they're yep. pretty quiet right now, but there's all kinds of issues just bubbling under the surface where they could do the same thing, and they will. They will. Because the, the issue is not... The issue is, is denying Macedonians their identity, their name, their uh, their culture, their language, uh, their church, which we can, we can talk about a little bit later, and many other things, so... Anyway, um, we'll uh, we'll revisit that. Uh, I mentioned in the monologue this uh, very very large monument. I don't know how many meters it is. I, I saw something like twenty meters. So. Uh, twenty. Yeah. Twenty meters. Okay, so that's uh, sixty five feet. That's it's a good size. Good size. It's a vertical, basically tower with a, a large double headed eagle on the top. And apparently you can mm-hmm. go up into the tower, and there's a platform up there to stand on. And there was a big uh, there's a picture of Ali Ahmedi and the the Dewey leaders at the top there, unf- unfurling a, a very large Albanian flag, and, and of course this is to um, a monument, quote-unquote, to, uh, to the so-called uh, uh, national liberation uh, fighters that, that died in the 2001 war in Macedonia that Ali Akhmeti, uh started. Uh, you know, I asked a friend of mine uh, last time I was in Macedonia who used to be a member of the special forces, how many... Macedonia's ethnic Albanians were killed in that war and he said nobody knows but the numbers in the thousands oh. the thousands yeah, yeah. and t- to me it's always been just looking at this from the standpoint of Macedonia's ethnic Albanians these you know young kids 18 19 years old that joined a movement to create an independent state out of Macedonia which is what Ali Akhmeti's original goal was uh, and, 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 and followed this Pied Piper, Ali Ahmeti, to their deaths. And it's, it's always struck me that, that the, uh, I think Albanians in Macedonia just don't seem to have cared much about their kin and kith, these kids that died, uh, you know, brothers and sons and nephews and uncles. And it's just s- strange that it doesn't seem to be a concern of theirs. Uh, anyway maybe that's the way they are as a as a people they don't care about their own
1: mm.
0: anyway but this thing is a uh uh a monument of course it was built illegally uh but not that that will ever bring it down uh and Slupčani is near um Kumanovo uh Kumanovo in the
1: border with right. Serbia right and uh it's one of the migrant villages that where the migrants slip over before moving on toward Berlin Berlin and um Sweden. In Munich. <laughs> Munich. Yeah, Sweden and other
0: places. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is obviously a provocation. They did this on purpose. Um, it'll never be torn down. It'll never be brought down. Of course, these monuments have been going up all over the country, all over the ethnic Albanian parts of the country for years. Uh, I saw the mayor of, of Kumanovo, Maxim um, uh, Dimitrius. The, Yeah, Okay, yeah. He said he wanted to build a monument to the. Uh, to, Macedonian defenders. Uh is yeah. that going to happen?
1: Uh yeah, I'm pretty sure, but then uh it's probably going to get vandalized more because Albanians often uh, vandalize monuments to Macedonian soldiers from 2001 while their monuments are often, you know, in uh, off limits. Parts of yeah, parts of the country where you know, Macedonians don't actually go, so uh they're safer. Yeah.
0: Well, that's too bad. Um it does nothing to bring Macedonians and Albanians, let alone anybody else together. I always find it fascinating that the uh, ethnic Albanian leaders in Macedonia always talk about how victimized they are and about their rights, but they never talk about. There are other ethnicities that live in Macedonia that are proudly, loyally Macedonian.
1: Uh, it implies we might be having elections soon because, uh, you know, Dewey usually do, does these kinds of things uh, when it's election time to <laughs> boost their. You know that they're they're you know uh, humiliating their Macedonian coalition partner with this displays of nationalism, but also that they're bigger Albanians than the other Albanian parties, and we have like uh, open discussion about holding early elections. Vemero demands this, so it you know could be indicative of
0: well, that's that's things
1: a, moving in this direction.
0: Yeah, and that, that's a good segue. So yeah, as I mentioned in the monologue, Vumuro. Uh, wants to uh, we'll will start boycotting parliament unless uh Kovachevsky agrees to talk to Miskolsky about, you know, early elections and, and other issues facing Macedonia. Uh I don't know if he's gonna do that, but you you mentioned the elections in a recent poll I found this fascinating. Uh citizens asked to name the politician they trust the most. Um Ali Akhmeti came in fourth with seven point three percent. Um and below him Zoran Zaev, no, no. six <laughs> point four percent. Uh Miskowski leads with sixteen point two. Kovachevsky at eight point seven. Um, no surprise there. And then on uh, just on the party level, Vomro is at twenty one point two, and Citizen is uh, or Citizen, as we say, we can drop off yeah. the M, sixteen point two. Uh you know, good numbers. I'd rather see. Vomero with a 42 as opposed to a 21, double that.
1: That's
0: uh, what you really need because, again, these polls show that every time one of these polls is done, it basically shows that you know half the citizens have no idea what they'll do or they won't say, uh, et cetera. But you know, Vomero's got to gotta have an overwhelming lead in these polls in order to, uh, if elections are held, then to have any chance of overturning any of these disastrous decisions that the um, – Kovachevsky government and the Zayev government have implemented or will implement.
1: Yeah, it's not a huge difference. And uh, if you consider that, I mean, if Dewey sticks uh, with SDSM, they could still, you know, form another government if they continue picking the weaker Macedonian party. Of course, if the is, uh, their number of seats is, you know, comparable to that of Vemera, Even with these numbers, they can lose, like... Uh, significant margin in Parliament mm-hmm. when the Parliament is formed. But first of all, we have to get to the elections. vimera is uh, now going to begin blocking any legislation in Parliament starting on Tuesday until... Uh, and and you, you can do this by talking too long during the debate or by... Filibuster. Yeah, just handing like, thousands of amendments uh, which you cannot realistically go through mm-hmm. uh, on each uh, proposed law. And they say they're going to do this until uh, ASDSM agrees to hold early elections. And then Vamerevo is going to propose some term in uh, autumn. ASDSM insists that the elections will take place uh, in 2024, mm. but they might move it like in the spring, like by a few months forward that, and call it early elections. So they're probably going to try to compromise on 2023 if, you know, the Vemuro blockade really begins to to bite. We'll see, but this is going to start uh, next week. So far, Vimera have not been. Uh, they announced they're going to do protests and more action. Uh, uh, as you know, really, I mean, the economic situation is horrible mm. with inflation and uh, shortages, actually, of food and energy. Uh, so. Um, Vimero initially said, we're going to hold off on protests because of Ukraine. We don't want to cause more trouble. But now that Ukraine is largely settled into a front line, uh, Vimero supported the strike of the public sector teachers in uh, lieu of their own actual protests. And now they say, okay, we're going to ramp up. We're going to uh, do something even more. We're going to block the parliament and... uh, yeah, we'll see if, you know, it depends on the, whether we get a date for accession talks, if uh, Kovachevsky signs something with the Bulgarians and how horrible it's going to be, how badly it's going to hurt his own uh, party where, you know, a lot of people are still hostile to, you know, were historically very hostile to Bulgaria and uh, are not very happy to see any concession made to the Bulgarians. So yeah, it's going to depend on a few factors, but uh, if things go badly for the government, they could go badly real quick.
0: Hmm. Interesting. You mentioned um, the inflation, obviously the economy, which is in horrible shape. Uh, there, it's uh, inflation. Of course, is rampant throughout the world. Uh, my bacon is double the price, almost double the price hmm. of what I used to pay for it, which I can't stand because I love bacon. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, you you had you had joked in our off. Uh, in our emails back and forth before this podcast that the next time i come there i should bring uh, uh cooking oil and we can we can barter well, for it. Is, it is it that bad
1: for bacon yeah i mean it's uh not only gotten more expensive but because of the stupid system of uh limiting the profit margin the the supermarket can charge on it they're practically keeping it in the warehouse so then the government like in the good old days of uh, communism of uh, <laughs> controlled market fixed prices the government then has to send inspectors to the warehouses to search to look for cooking oil and then <laughs> shame or threaten the company to put it into circulation. Uh, there is more. There is often a situation that we don't really have uh, cooking oil in the in the supermarket.
0: Wow! Wow! Yeah. Yeah. I th- and you know, here we thought that communism had long been discredited and uh, was in the dustbin of history, uh, etc. But it seems that that it's ir- irresistible to uh, to a, a, a political party that before 1991 called itself the League of Communists of Macedonia, which, of course, is Tsitsa and uh, Zoran Zaev and uh, Dmitry Kovachevsky. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned the U- Ukraine. Look, just tiptoe really quickly there on the issue that... So tomorrow's May 9, which is a, mm-hmm. a victory day for Russia over the uh, Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows what's going to happen on the fighting front, but... Longer term, setting aside the fighting, of course, you know, Ukraine is a a breadbasket. Russia and Ukraine, I think, produce half the world's wheat. And I I think Ukraine produces, I don't know how much of the the cooking oil, 80% of the world's cooking oil. And then there's the fertilizer issue that that both countries produce. And then you have, at least in Ukraine, farmers aren't able to go out and plant. They they weren't able to go out and plant this spring. Anyway, all that to say there's a coming um, food crisis. Uh, not just for countries like you know the United States and, and Macedonia, but it will it will impact more negatively Africa and uh, the Middle East and places mm. like that. And we know as, we we know what happens when when in especially places like the Middle East there are hungry upset people. Uh, so we all have that yeah. to look forward to. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, you mentioned the church, or I mentioned the church earlier. Let's talk a little bit about that because you, again, on our mm-hmm. on our um, back and forth on email before the podcast, you mentioned that's an issue, and I don't I don't fully understand it, even though I am uh, actually Macedonian Orthodox. I try not to get involved in the mm-hmm. the political issues. I, I just preach uh, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived, uh, crucified, uh, rose on the third day, coming again to judge the quick and the dead. Um, but what what's going on with that?
1: Inform me. Inform our well, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> so there is a now, uh, now an announcement from the um, uh, Serbian church that they have re, uh, resumed uh, negotiations with Macedonia. So practically, Serbia is blocking our wider acceptance, the wider acceptance of the Macedonian church in the brotherhood, uh, a very uh, feuding brotherhood of Orthodox churches at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, so, so they, they, their proposal is that we accept that we illegally seceded from the Serbian church in the 60s that we go back and they say at least for a minute and then we're going to hold a new service and we're going to release you promise you know trust us (laughs) we're going to release you into a fully independent church but first you have to come back Hmm. okay we don't really very much trust them on this but fine Uh, and then uh, the us uh, is pushing uh, especially you know the outgoing ambassador to greece uh, is pushing something similar to what the U.S. did for the Ukrainian church, which split from the Russian church with the help of uh, Bartholomew, the patriarch of uh, Constantinople, you know, the Greek ecumenical patriarch, who is supposed to be like the first First among among equals equals in the Orthodoxdom. So he recognized the Ukrainian church. Russia broke uh, relations with uh, Constantinople, you know, got very angry at them. The US was openly involved in this. Uh, So now they're working with the Greeks to do the same for us. This would annoy the Serbs, who the Greeks are very friendly to. So the Greeks are not eager to do this even for a bribe, even for anything. Then uh, they're also not eager to have our church made independent because this would mean uh, it would have the name Macedonia in it. So maybe they would ask us to uh, use some form Either not be a full independence church, maybe under some uh, the Greek church or the Ecumenical church, maybe called just the Ohrid Archbishopry and not uh, a Macedonian church. Uh, Zaf had a, a side quest. He tried to get the Bulgarian church to uh, uh, practically we asked our church practically asked the Bulgarian church to accept us as their daughter church, like. Um, I don't know what they were thinking with this. Uh, And uh, then that they release us, so like practically bypass the Serbs Mm -hmm. in some fashion. And and the Bulgarians refused, even though this would have been a huge coup for them that we accept their seniority in religious matters while feuding over the language, identity, history. This would have been a huge deal for them, but they refused because they sensed that the Americans are behind this, helping Zayev, and uh, practically the pro-Russian bishops in, in Sofia refused. So they had a vote and they were split with slight majority against the proposal. Uh, so it's, uh, I don't know, the U.S. ambassador is now tweeting about our church, our religious identity, how <laughs> we need to have it preserved after completely uh, driving a truck through our identity back and forth several times now she's talking about our identity. So I I sense that the U.S. is trying to uh, reinforce us in this fashion, like uh, uh, a split with Serbia and Russia, uh, a pro-Western identity in some segment, because they practically have the the left under their thumb. You know, the left will go with whoever is stronger at the moment. They have the Albanians at the moment. Albanians obviously go with Whoever is stronger, but the US does not have, have has very little influence over the conservative, the proper, the normals, the Mas- Macedonian Orthodox population outside of the elite, the urban centers. Um, they're really hated at the moment. They have some bribed uh, Vemera people on their payroll, but uh, they don't really have much influence. So I guess they want to have something like okay, we did something for you, we helped. Recognize your church. Look, we this is uh, like um, the benefits of being our ally, but you need to have this identity which we are now maybe reinforcing to have it anti-Russian, e. um, and apparently Serbia is now trying to counter this by this newest proposal on the church uh, that uh, we don't ga- gain our independence through the Constantinople American route, but. Or to, to the Bulgarian route, but back to the Serbian route hmm. that they somehow catch and then release us. Right.
0: Interesting. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one aside for right now uh, and kind of explore it a little bit more. Uh, but on that subject of let's let's talk just briefly about identity. Um, I did notice back in April. I think this is after our last podcast. Um. Uh, uh, there was a, a list released uh, from NATO of the, uh, the two-letter codes that, that NATO uses huh? to recognize the various countries in NATO. Uh, and for Macedonia, uh, NATO's using NM, uh, which one of our mutual friends on, um, on Twitter joked uh, that I've seen my country go from the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia to North Macedonia oh. to now New Mexico uh NM being the uh, the, the designation for New New Mexico here in America uh so and and whereas the proper uh at least according to the quote so-called Prespa agreement uh should be MK or MKD as official abbreviations with the exceptions I guess of the uh, license plates on vehicles which is NM that's part of the so-called Prespa agreement um and another Twitter user said, "Well, Albania is A L, Bulgaria is B U, so that's that follows the first two letters uh, of the um, of the Ooh. single name of the state, or U K for United yep. Kingdom, U S for United States." Uh, but when you look at the Czech Republic, it's C Z, not C R. So. And Slovakia and Slovenia, which both start with SL, or SK and SL, SN, understandably, not SNL though. Uh, That's uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, So my my point being that, you know, there's some flexibility here that NATO has. It doesn't follow this rule entirely. It could easily adopt MK, uh, which would be entirely in line with everything. But I believe that they did this on purpose, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons. One is probably pressure from the Greeks, of course, within NATO itself. Uh, but, you know, again, I think it's still part of going back to the identity issue. I, I, I still believe that a lot of these institutions and the individuals that are, are part of these institutions, whether it's the U.S. ambassador or the NATO secretary general, um, are loathe to use the adjective Macedonian or Macedonians or MK uh, for a whole variety of reasons. And uh, some malicious, some just, they're not being very thoughtful. Uh, But all of this, what all of this does to do is serves to, at an international level, try and and weaken Macedonia's identity. Uh, At the same time, though, and I think I find this interesting, what it also does, it weakens the trust that Macedonians themselves have in these institutions, which is not good for the institutions or for Macedonians or for Macedonia. Um, and I'm not entirely sure. I don't think that these these organizations, these institutions, and the people that run them understand that. Or if they do, maybe they don't care. I don't know. Um, but it's, again, it's, yeah, go ahead.
1: I mean, now we allegedly are a full member of NATO and have veto power. So we can't say anymore that they're doing it to us now. We are doing it to us uh. This is something we can block. We can, we can actually block movement that is important to Bulgaria on Ukraine, maybe some deployment, or we can actually block something significant on, on Ukraine mm-hmm. until and demand that uh, uh, Bulgaria lifts its veto for our EU membership. I mean, mm-hmm. we were told that once we become a NATO member, that we are a full-fledged NATO member with veto power ourselves. And apparently, you know, it's either not in the mindset of our politicians at the moment to use their uh, membership in NATO, you know, to the full, or, you know, we're not really accepted there as a full member, but, you know, uh, it's in name only, and uh, we still have to listen to to the others, what they tell us, even on issues that directly affect our identity.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Well, again, that goes back, I think, to, you know, I I think I've quoted and and written about uh, President uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, one of our, I think, our greatest presidents of the last century, who, long before he was president, I think it was a um, speech he gave to the Phoenix Chamber of Commerce, oddly, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, in like 1960, uh, and he said that, uh, and this is pertaining to the issue of freedom. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. You, you, you know, it's, you're not born with it. It it isn't in the blood. You have to pass it down to each successive generation. And I think that's very true of the issue of identity. Uh, you can say that Macedonians are born. They're born Macedonian, obviously. Uh, but it's still something that, that identity and everything that goes into it has to be passed on to the next generation, uh, to the children. Uh, and they need to be inculcated with what is it... Mean to be a Macedonian, and all that goes into it—the history, and the culture, and the language, and just all of that stuff—has to be constantly cultivated uh, in the garden, so to speak. Uh, otherwise, it it, mm. it it dies out. Um, I mean, there are no Carthaginians around anymore, are there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they 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 were they were wiped out militarily by the Romans, uh, and then subsumed into Roman culture, etc. But, um. Their, their identity, I think, was, was weakened over time uh, in a variety of ways. They, of course, they famously practiced uh, child sacrifice. Uh, but my point is that you, you really got to cultivate identity, and you've got this assault coming from, well, certainly the, uh, the Albanians in Macedonia, but then from the international institutions. So it's, you don't have a choice, though. You just have to keep uh, working on it, supporting it.
1: Yeah, it, it's not just... So I mentioned so there is now an attempt to, like, kind of like reinforce our maybe religious identity, you know, to this long-running attempt uh, by the regional embassies of the U.S. to uh, have the church recognition as part of the of the Treaty and our NATO membership, etc. But there is now... I mean, I, I can sense it's still not formal official, but I can sense uh, a growing, uh, another growing attempt to court Macedonians, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like reinforce our identity, but also uh, diverted uh, with the vancho Mihailov saga. So now mm-hmm. we have all the favorite, uh, all the bribed, all the blackmailed the Vimero uh, officials who, di- who agreed to work with uh, uh, the embassy and, other, and therefore are not in Budapest or in prison. Um, we have people like Nikola Todorov, Lipcha Georgievsky, mm-hmm. uh, some lesser figures, but who we know that are in contact with the embassy. They are now, after the Wancho-Mikhailov situation in uh, in uh, Bitola, they are now coming out and saying, listen, uh, we need to endorse him, we need to put him uh, back into our, our historic, uh, or, or into our history. He was never like fully accepted as... Uh, a Macedonian historic figure um, and this is because you know he cooperated with the uh, pro-nazi Croatian Ustasha regime. Mm-hmm. He was not allowed by the Bulgarians to come into Macedonia and run the country uh, during the war they they kept direct control of the country they did not give it to a vommer figure to to run run it as a province uh, but he he stayed in Croatia and cooperated with the uh, Uh, Worked very closely with uh, Pavelic, the Ustasha leader, Mm -hmm. and uh, he would uh, say that uh, Macedonians are Bulgarians, Uh, but uh, while uh, demanding an independent and united Macedonia, and made a short lived attempt to create a Nazi puppet state as the Germans were all but withdrawing from the Balkans, which would maybe have meant Macedonia remaining independent from. Serbia and Bulgaria, but probably not, uh, you know, it would have been a poisoned fruit from a poisoned tree so late in the war and uh, would probably have failed. So now these guys are coming out and saying, let's uh, endorse him. And then at the same time, you know, they're repeating this, the comments which are clearly given by the embassy that, uh, uh, you know, in, in broader interviews like uh, going back to the war in Ukraine, demanding that. We as a country and the conservatives who are obviously extremely wary of the Americans at the moment, mm. side with the Americans on, you know, support the American Ukrainian side, denounce Russia, etc. So, you know, you get the feeling that both these narratives are coming from the same place, from the same embassy, uh, which, as I said, like in the church, they would like to see a Slavic pro-American, anti-Russian uh, identity develop. Even though in this case, around this figure, it would be uh, uh, like uh, very little removed from adopting a full Bulgarian identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also it would be, you know, it would be actually built around the Nazi figure. (laughs) So, but I guess the U.S. sees that the Bandera thing is working out pretty well for them in, in Ukraine. So they see a good, an interesting blueprint, even though Bandar obviously fought the Russians. And Ivancho Mikhailov uh, and other right-wing leaders of the Vomero, they would kill socialists, they would kill communist infiltrators, agents in the region. Uh, there was a lot of infighting in Vemera between the left and the right-wings. So now the US, uh, but, but, but not actual Russians, uh, only people who had some ties to Russia at the time, Uh, But the U.S. thinks, okay, let's, uh, and and some of the Armenians here uh, who they maintain on the right are saying this, that we need to try to project this feud in Webera from the 1920s, 1930s between the left and the right wing into hating Russia, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, because the left were obviously the Russian uh, uh, agents, or supported by Russia. And uh, if we can build, some identity around this, I think they would let us you know uh, play around with uh, historic figures again and uh, uh, go back to some sense of national pride and uh, you know flags and coats of arms and historic heroes, even though uh, until you know for years the u s has been absolutely banning us from uh, celebrating historic figures and microdosing who we can celebrate, to what extent, in what way, who do we give to the Greeks, who do we give to the Bulgarians. But now we see people who are you know, coming directly from the embassy saying, okay, let's, let's go full right-wing, uh, <laughs> slightly Nazi Vimera, uh leadership from the 1920s and 1930s. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really interesting. they <laughs> the latest twist yeah. in the embassy kitchen, the, what, they're, what they're cooking up.
0: Well, my advice as an American who loves Macedonia is, is to the extent that you can do it, ignore the embassy. Tell them to bugger off <laughs> if you have a choice. If you have an opportunity, uh, you know, Mass.
1: Uh, they control everything at the move. Well,
0: I'll push back gently on that. I mean, you go through. Um, uh, what is it uh, outside of Skopje? You're leaving. Um, uh, Pselavoda. On your way to um, Sopishtey, you go to the Pripor. I think it's Pripor, a little okay. little village town there. Yeah. And then in yeah, yeah. Pripor and then the Sopishtey, there's Macedonian flags all over. And then into Sonia Gona, uh, Macedonian flags all over the the, fl- uh, the star of uh, Kutlesch, uh, all over the place, mm-hmm. etc. So, you know, and uh, this goes back to something that I remember when I was there in uh, January talking to a couple of friends. Uh, you know, I asked them, what do you feel? Do you feel depressed, angry, sad about everything that's going on in terms of, you know, those that are attacking Macedonia. And they said, no, actually just the opposite. We feel quite, quite, uh, we feel good, uh, I think is what they said, or something like that. But but the gist of their argument was that because of all of these attacks, more and more Macedonians, especially young Macedonians, are actually learning about Macedonian culture and history and the language and everything else. Because you know when when something is under attack, uh, and if, if it's if it means anything to you, you want to protect it, uh, you want to preserve it, and that also means uh, you know learning more about it and celebrating it. And so I like I like what they said, and I like their approach. Um, and and I think that that is you know the more that, that Macedonian's identity Macedonian identity is under attack, the more that that uh, Macedonians will come to embrace it and, and promote it, and uh, you know. U.S. Embassy on Cali be damned. Uh, so, we'll see. Anyway, what else we got to talk about? I got a farmer's pick. I'd say we're at about 43 minutes, I think, 42, something like that. So, uh, I should mention this is episode number 137 of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. Uh, should
1: we do a farmer's pick? Uh, Yeah, sure, if you have one.
0: All right. I got one. I got one. Yeah, you know, I peruse the uh, interwebs uh, daily for uh, stuff about Macedonian. And every now and then I find one of these weird little unique um, uh, blog posts, I guess, uh, from from somebody. This one is uh, a Polish couple. uh, And their website is bluephoto.pl. And I think this was last year. But it's in Polish, but you can do the Google Translate automatic. Uh, It says May Adventure... Macedonia exclamation point and apparently they've got a 4x4 Toyota Hilux and they took it and they just drove all over Macedonia and they've got pictures videos a video on YouTube and then of course uh you know they talk about all the places they go and, and they've got an approach starting out from Poland and down to Skopje and then uh let's see the, you know uh, Matka, Tetovo, Mavrovo National Park uh, you know, and they do all the all the places. They go to Khrushchevo and Okrid and Bitola and and uh, all around the country. It's it's a very long blog post, if we can call it that, with lots of photos. Uh, but it's just it's just you know great to see that this Polish couple decides yeah. they want to come down. And of course, they don't mention the n word anywhere, uh, which which is why I'm promoting it. Uh, but it's just a good reminder, great pictures for those thinking of uh, summers coming up. For uh, for those Macedonians thinking of a staycation. Of uh, staying in Macedonia this summer instead of going somewhere else, good to be reminded of all these wonderful, beautiful, incredibly unique places in Macedonia uh, that uh, foreigners and Macedonians can go to enjoy. And I, I find myself just kind of scrolling through these pictures, thinking, "Gosh!" It, and I just memories flood flood back into my mind of of um, all the places, all the times I've been in these places that these uh, this Polish couple is showing. So anyway, it's. Uh, my, uh, May Adventure Macedonia on bluephoto.pl we'll put that in the show notes
1: great great you love the polls
0: yes absolutely so uh, I'll make sure that some of my Polish Macedonian friends hear that
1: <laughs>
0: alright well I think that's
1: a full wrap yeah till the, till the next episode
0: absolutely great talking to you buddy
1: you too buddy take care